Hi there, chaps. Uh, Kate Sterling here, and um, I want to say hello, and I hope you've had an amazing week. Um, I'm feeling quite sprightly today because, not going to lie, last time I recorded the podcast, I think I'd had quite a lot of wine the night before. I'd been out for the first time in, well, a very long time, and, um, well, I'd had a few glasses of wine, and I think that's why the first, well, not before doing the podcast, but the night before, and then I've been at work and all that jazz, so... I'm feeling like there is a there is a better potential for communication to come across strongly today. Um, last week, I was stumbling over my words within about three seconds. So I've probably set myself up now for a massive failure. And do you know what? Well, that's just life, isn't it? Um, but anyway, I hope you're having a lovely week. And if you're in the UK, I hope you've, uh, if you're listening to this within the kind of, what are we, week three or week two of June, um, have been enjoying the sunshine, putting on the sunscreen, drinking all your water. I would like to share that having said that I drank a lot of wine on the Friday night before doing the podcast on Saturday last week, I, over the last maybe two to three weeks, have consciously been actually drinking a little less um, and drinking more water. So drinking less alcohol and drinking more water. And I have to say, I feel so much better for it. And I know it's a bit contradictory to say something like that because I also run Sterling Fit, obviously, which is a fitness-based company or a lifestyle company. Um, But my message there has always been to find the balance that works for you. And that if you are in balance, then that's, that's really where we want to go. That's like, I feel like that's the kind of the dream is that you're in this state of consistent maintenance. The only issue with balance, and I'm going to do a podcast on this, is that if you want to change anything, so whether that's physically change anything, um, aesthetically or fitness wise, there needs to be a little bit of a potential out of balance in terms of maybe slight backing off from certain things um, or increasing certain things like movement and exercise to find that um kind of change, uh, space for change. So the balance side of things, sometimes actually it's good if you're in that maintenance sense, but sometimes our balance can actually be a little bit tipped into a scale that we don't even appreciate. And I, I'm, you know, sometimes we use balance as an excuse really to just have a few more drinks than what we probably should. Um, but basically, yeah, I just, I, I'm going to share something really personal here <laughs> and um, apologies for any friends at this, if you're listening or family, that this makes you feel uncomfortable, but I think it's important to share. But basically, I've got a couple of friends' weddings coming up in the summer, and, um, and, uh, <laughs> well, my ex is going to be there, and it's not like I want to impress him, I, I don't care about that, um, but he's going to be there, you know, with his fiance and their baby, well, I don't know if the baby's going, actually, but they're probably going to be there, and I just want to feel really comfortable in my skin, and I think it's, Like that kind of stuff are the thoughts that we have, but we don't share because we don't want people to get the wrong idea. We don't want people to think that we want to be back in a previous life. We don't want people to think that we haven't got over anything. It's not that at all. I'm over it. I'm I'm living my life now. But yeah, I don't want to go like on our subconscious level of how we feel about ourselves, how we interact with ourselves, whether that's what we eat or how we move or how we sleep or how we treat ourselves from that level based on how we think about ourselves, whether that's on a conscious level or a subconscious level, that affects how we feel in situations like that. So don't get me wrong, I'm still having a few drinks, I'm still eating chocolate, I'm still eating all the carbs, don't like think that that's how I'm dealing with it Um, or, or please that's not how you should deal with something like that. I'm merely 
giving myself a chance to feel really good uh, in my skin and to feel really confident and to feel like I don't need to feel those those little tin, tingy kind of feelings of low self-esteem creeping back in or a sense of comparison um, or anything like that. So it's almost like my armour, my protective gear. Um, because I was reading about it last week in a course that I'm doing for my my group, tra- um, not group training, personal training and coaching side of stuff with Sterling Fit uh, with my nutrition stuff, is that 10% of how we use our mind is on a conscious level. So conscious interaction with the world in terms of responding to smells, senses, tastes, sounds, all that kind of jazz and kind of being aware and responding to what comes up. And then now we have 90% of the rest of how we think is split into both the unconscious and the subconscious. So subconscious is stuff that we kind of, that drives our beliefs and drives what decisions we're making and um, is kind of a response to um, how we have dealt with things in the past. So for example, my subconscious mind with regards to this wedding is that I want to feel really good because I don't want to be judged. I don't want to feel out of place. I don't want to feel like I don't belong. I don't want to feel like I'm not worthy to be there. I don't want to feel like I'm unattractive. That's like my subconscious thought. And then the unconscious thought goes a level deeper. And that's the stuff that I'm not even aware that I think about. Um, or it's not even the stuff that I'm aware that I respond to. So that's often things like traumatic experiences, like the response of how our body and mind has responded to that is buried so deep within us that, yeah, sometimes we might dig that up and work through it, but sometimes we don't even know it's there. So who knows, like basically that level of, um, whether it's difficulty with self-esteem or confidence levels or comparison the unconscious level is what might have triggered or developed or created that subconscious thought or feeling or response so 10% of our mind is based around the conscious thoughts and that kind of stuff and then 50 to 60% is on the subconscious mind and then 30 to 40% is on the unconscious mind which is nuts like if you think about it that is a huge You know those memes where you've got the iceberg and you've got like the tip of the iceberg? The tip of the iceberg is like your conscious, your conscious mind. And then all the stuff underneath is the rest. And it's all the stuff underneath that actually drives our decisions and and can drive um, and determine the actions that we take. And that links into what I wanted to talk about today, which is therapy and the power of therapy and how incredible therapy is. And I was speaking to a friend about this earlier in the week and she sent a meme, no, a GIF, sorry, across that just had normalised therapy flashing across it. And I was like, I want that on a T-shirt because part of the problem with therapy is that it's still a little bit of a taboo. It's like, a well, um, I only need therapy if I'm this. I am not that bad yet, so I don't need therapy. It's like when people used to come into the yoga studio that I worked at and was like, well, I'll come back and do yoga when I'm more flexible. That's like a subconscious fear. There's probably unconscious fear driving up there. And, you know, obviously I'm not a therapist or a psychoanalyst or anything like that. So I'm going to be a bit careful. I don't want to start pretending I can analyze and and be a therapist to you. But this stuff and talking about this stuff is really important because it normalizes it and it makes it okay. Because saying that you need help is really challenging. Personally, like if I could afford to keep paying for a therapist every week, I would see a therapist every week. 
I just think they're such a great unjudgmental, non-judgmental sounding board for all of us, really, because they can help us understand the decisions that we're making. And there are kind of lots of ways that once you've got over that hump, if you've got something going on really challenging in your life, a lot of this work, like the inner work, doing the work on yourself, all that kind of jazz, it is like a full-time job because you're constantly basically trying to rewire your mind based on like your upbringing or your experiences at school or your experiences at work or the family pressures that you have or the stress that you have at work or the fact that sometimes it's really hard to even decide what to eat for breakfast or the shame or the guilt that you feel the day after you've had lots of fun the night before or the fact you've broken off from a fitness plan and you feel like you failed at life and so all those thoughts that you start to tell yourself start to feed your narrative about how you respond to your life and the beauty of therapy is that you can go into a space and basically just like talk and and it's out of you. And then someone can help listen and explore and help you understand and make you realize that some of the decisions you've made aren't based on the fact, or like they're not, you haven't made those decisions because you're an asshole or you're a bad person. You've made those decisions in response to a different situation. So I first started seeing a therapist. Um, it must have been in about 2016. I was really struggling. My marriage had just come to this end. And like bearing in mind, I'd been married for a year, but I've been in this relationship for seven or eight. So whether it's marriage or breakup or whatever, it doesn't really matter just because it's got marriage attached to it. It doesn't make it any more like important, like a divorce isn't necessarily any bigger than a breakup or a loss of another kind. And I think we've got to be careful to not put extra power into certain um, experiences, you know, um, or it's like when people come from really privileged backgrounds, like I've come from a very privileged background, it doesn't mean that we don't feel things. And But likewise, it can help give you empathy to those and with those even, sorry, who um, have it tougher, who perhaps do have not had the experiences that we've had or you've had, or maybe someone else has had based on the fact that they've had even more of a battle to get to where they are today. But it doesn't mean that our experiences as individuals are any less important. It doesn't mean that any any other loss is less important or less powerful. It doesn't mean, for example, with miscarriage, that if you lose a baby at four weeks, it doesn't make it any, it's not better than losing it at 20 weeks or any weeks. It doesn't, it's like, of course, everyone's reactions are going to be different, but we have to be careful to not, well, you know, brush it off. Like I remember when I got divorced and people would say, well, like, well, lots of other people are going to get divorced. Don't worry about it. And it's like, all oh, right, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel this shit about the fact that my life feels like it's come to an end, because it just demeans the emotions that have come up. So it's really important to say that because I feel very strongly about it. Because at the time I was like, yeah, 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 and I know people just try and help, so that I know that people are like, well, at least you can get pregnant, you know, all that kind of jazz. Like we have to be very careful about this stuff, whilst also not being too careful because ultimately this is how we all learn and all that kind of jazz. But anyway, going back to the whole starting point of therapy, yeah, I must have been, must have been 2016, 2017, so I was probably 32-ish, and I knew I needed some help. I was really confused. I couldn't talk to my friends because I felt like they were linked to my ex. I couldn't talk to my parents, um, not because they weren't welcoming, but I just could, like the words just wouldn't come out because I didn't know what the words were and I was trying to protect every single person in my life. I couldn't really talk to friends disconnected to the friendship group that I was in because, again, I just was really struggling to articulate what I was feeling. 
I literally couldn't get the words out. I can't describe it. And I think if you're in a place where you're looking to, or you've started considering having some therapy and you don't know where to start, it's often because emotions, from my experience, are so com complicated. And especially if you've buried them deep or you're trying to protect everything on such a level, it's really hard to voice them because of the fear of what will happen, because of the fact that you don't want to be judged, because of the fact you're in the most insanely vulnerable position potentially anyway, and also because of the fact that you're trying to keep your whole self together. <laughs> and as soon as you start saying the words, it becomes real. So there's like a real fear of, of the reality becoming even worse than what it feels like at the minute because if you're clinging on to things at the very edge of a point anyway to go further beyond that just feels like you're going to go off the cliff but I saw this lady and she was lovely she was so nice but she was almost too nice like she almost kind of she was exactly what I needed I needed to go into a space where basically I would just go and cry for an hour <laughs> I would just cry at this point I could not stop crying um I just would cry and uh and and then that would be it and and she would suggest things and I wasn't in a place where I could take them on board yet I wasn't prepared to change because I was in such a state of distress and such a state of shock really um and then what happened was I saw her I can't even remember but I think it was about six months and then I I said um I think I went to I think I went away, I went to Bali. That was quite funny as well, because I remember going to one therapy session being like, I think I want to go to Bali. I had no idea why, I just woke up one day. She was like, okay, because at this point as well, everyone's trying to encourage you not to do rash decisions. Everyone's like, well, let's, let's just be careful that you don't like unravel your life even more. And actually in some cases, I think you should just ignore all those people and just do it anyway. But sometimes do listen because what they're saying is that you want to keep a pillar of stability so when all the pillars of stability go you want to keep something you don't just want to also quit your job and, and leave the country or maybe you do maybe that's like maybe that's that impulse can feel quite strong so it's quite important to not let emotions be your decision maker sometimes but sometimes it's quite good but this is why it's impossible right because it's a personal choice and there is no wrong decision it's just a decision that you then act upon as long as you're not putting yourself into a dangerous place so anyway I was like I really want to go to Bali I just I, I was really into my yoga at the time yoga is an incredible way yoga is like therapy in itself sometimes just in terms of how it can help you really face up to yourself you really have to leave your ego at the door um and she was like okay well let's just you know let's just take it easy and uh maybe we'll check back in in a week and I, I was like okay well I'll sleep on it and I slept on it and the next day I was like, I've got to go to Bali. And I booked a flight for maybe a couple of weeks later, I think it was. And I went for a week and did the most incredible week of yoga. And at that time, those are the kind of decisions that I think after a breakup are really good to do because you're free again. You're kind of, you don't have to worry about someone else. But I went and it was like the one week wasn't really enough, but it was kind of all I could afford to take. And maybe I wasn't brave enough just to move out to Bali. I know lots of people that have done that. And I remember going to Bali and being very, very quiet, didn't really want to talk to anyone. I just was there. I just wanted to go do my yoga, eat food, lie by the pool, walk around a bit. And that was it. Wasn't doing any adventuring or anything like that. I just went to do yoga. And part of the reason that yoga for me has been a bit of a therapy is it creates such a deeper res res um, relationship with yourself. So lots of stuff comes up on a mat. Um, for example, for me, I find it a real struggle to be still and it makes me angry <laughs> and it brings up a lot of stuff. But yoga has taught me that you can acknowledge these feelings that come up and you just acknowledge them and you just soften into them or you let them go and you don't let them take over you. And obviously this is like, I've been doing yoga now for on and off. I've not done it so much over the last year or two, but nearly 10 years I started doing, like I said, Bikram yoga. And 
And it's a process, it's a journey. It's like there is no end destination because it's always every day is a different day. Um, so I really recommend if you've been struggling and you are considering going to see a therapist, but you're not sure yet to look at other ways of tapping into what's going on on the inside of you. Um, so yeah, I saw this therapist, I left her and then I started going out with someone else and who's now my partner but I found that incredibly challenging and I probably with hindsight wasn't really ready but I also needed to do that to be able to keep moving forwards in my life that's the other thing is that when you're going through a breakup just people would say all sorts of things you know are you ready are you sure well god I don't know but I just want to get over what I'm feeling right now so that's the other thing is that people can have a lot of judgment about our life decisions and actually I now I I wish I had this at the time, but I'm much hardy now, hardier to people's re response because ultimately they, they haven't got a frigging clue what's going on in your head and your heart and your gut and what's happening behind your own closed doors. So it's your life. And obviously, yes, don't go and hurt yourself or hurt other people in the process, you know, and, and if that happens and we learn a lesson and we move on from it and it, and, and, and that's the kind of stuff that therapy is incredible, an incredible space to talk about these things because you can say them to someone that doesn't really know you on a personal level and you can share in a way that, oh my God, once it's out of you, it's out of you. Um, so I left, <laughs> I'm going all over the shop. I left this lady and then moved in with um, my partner now, uh, but this was a few years ago now. And that was all fine for a little bit, but I just also wasn't very well. And I, I remember finding basically looking online feeling quite desperate like I wasn't able to make simple decisions I couldn't I couldn't decide what to have for breakfast I wasn't I just was like putting on a brave face but inside was still melting a little bit still massively conflicted with my emotions and very confused so I started googling therapists and came across Relate which is a relationship focused counsellor and I decided that all my issues in my life had been linked to relationships whether that was you know, we have all sorts of relationships. It's not just even with a partner, it's with family, it's with yourself, it's with friends, it's with how you interact with the outside world. So I contacted Relate and went in for an initial, you have an initial assessment. And the great thing about a place like Relate is that they have discounted, um, it's a charity, so you can apply for discounted therapy sessions basically. So. Um, I applied for some discounted therapy sessions because I didn't have much money. And usually you go there for couples therapy, but I was seen by um, a single counsellor. <laughs> obviously, uh, no, not obviously, as in I went as a single individual um, for these therapy sessions. And she was possibly the most confronting um, therapist that I'd had because she didn't really let me get away with anything and not in a bad place but it took me quite a while to trust her because she was quite direct and um, people just have different energies and it wasn't that she was bad I knew that I needed her to every time I I would feel self-guilt or um, shame or anything like that she'd be like well why why is it all your fault what about him or what about them or you know and it really helped me face up to the fact that I was carrying so much that wasn't my burden to carry. It wasn't my place to carry it. And that is why also therapy is amazing because we all carry stuff that we've buried really deep. No one doesn't, come on, like as if, as if anyone doesn't just walk around carrying a whole load of baggage that they've just put in the compartment at the very base of their soul. Like that is just, we all have that. And getting this stuff out means that you can make decisions 
clearer decisions and clearer kind of you can have a much more present experience in your life because you're aware of decisions that might then be made further down the line based on older things that have happened to your situations or thoughts that come up that are then linked to how you've judged yourself based on what went wrong about 15 years ago or last week you know because yeah my god we all make some massive mistakes even if it's something small as saying something to someone that you regret these things we can really carry them and um because words are so insanely powerful like so powerful so and the words that you speak to yourself are then so powerful and it's a it really helps you to see how you talk to yourself so i saw her and i decided midway through that that i wanted to go away for a couple of months i still wasn't i still wasn't right i decided i needed to get out of the country so i went to australia for three months um <laughs> poor the half i was like i need to go um, so we gave notice on our flat. I moved out. We moved out. Moved back in with my parents, and um, and off I went to Australia, and Bali. And hilariously, I got to Australia, and then was like, I need to go to Bali again. So I went to Bali again, and and all of this was part of the journey. And you know, I'm very grateful that that my other half was so understanding um, because I I know it must have been insanely challenging for him. And that's the other beauty of therapy is that it helps things like relationships for the longer term. And I personally think that relationship therapy or relationship counselling, whatever you want to call it, is immensely powerful and there's no shame in it because why would you not want to make your relationship the best thing you can? Why not? Why not want why not would you why would you not want to make your life the best life that it can be? If, and if that means going to speak to someone and even if you don't know what you're gonna say, often therapists start a session like, so what do you want to talk about today? And you're like, oh, I don't really know. But then this happened. And then basically what happened was this. And then something like, they're like, oh, well that's 50 minutes now. We need to wrap up. And so don't worry, you'll start just talking. It, you, it will literally be like, well, I had a cup of tea this morning and then I knocked it over. And that was just awful because then what happened was I started to really, like remember this time or I hated myself and then it just made me feel like I couldn't do this and then I started to really think that oh my god well my life is just rubbish so even if that's all you're saying um and then it gets and then because they you know the first couple of sessions maybe that is what you're saying and then they might start to go gently and deeper into actually what's going on like well what what was that when what, what, what does that relate back to and there's a lot of stuff it depends on the type of therapy that you have obviously um you've got things like psychoanalysis or psychotherapy, which really goes into that linking to stories and stories that you um, link into with your mind and the inner child kind of stuff. And then cognitive, which is CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically trying to rewire how you think, um, which I had as well, actually, before I got married, um, went and was also in a bit of a messy place. It's been a very challenging. That was how long ago is that? Six or seven years ago? Six years ago. Um, that was really good. That was linked into mainly or more food based and anxiety around or hoarding food and um, my relationship with myself, so self esteem. Um, so I did that before drama school. That was good. There's also something called um, PEMF, which is. Um, I've written this down in such terrible handwriting. Pulsed electric magnetic field therapy, which I had through um, a friend of a friend. And that was incredible because that was like, that, not, that wouldn't have been for everyone because it was a bit woo woo, but it was about the magnetic fields and that being linked to your thoughts. And so we would talk about memories, but not about the emotional side of memories, but words that came out of that memory. So for example, he might say, think of a happy time 
or a sad time. And I might say, oh, my birthday when I was 23. And he was like, what words are coming out from there? So you don't then relive the story of the experience. You pick out the colors and the words, and then you delve deeper into, you know, oh, there was love there and there was sadness and there was fear. And then basically there's like this magnetic probe. <laughs> so then what happens is you have the stories read back to you and you um, he, like there's this electromagnetic field that then goes back into your system to basically shift the memory in terms of the electronic signals that you have in your cells into something more positive for you and how you carry it. And I mean, there are so many options out there. And the thing with therapy is it can be also quite um, intimidating because it's not cheap. Um, sometimes therapists can charge I mean, this one that I saw at Relate, she went into being a private therapist and she was charging 90 pounds an hour, I think, or for 60 minutes. But it's so worth the investment. And I think there are a lot of charities out there now. There's something called Better Help as well, which is like a text-based service. And one of the things I always really recommend is treating yourself to a really good journal. If you're in a place where you want to have therapy or you've started considering it or you're really lost and you need some help, um, is to treat yourself to really nice books from somewhere like Paper Chase or something equivalent and a really nice pen or pencil and start to journal. So it might be that you literally like don't know where to start and you sit down with a cup of coffee one morning and you just think, what can I see? And you start to write down what you can see. And then maybe you might be like, what did I dream about last night? And then you might be like, why am I scared to have therapy? What is it that I want? What do I need? What am I feeling? And you can list words, you can doodle. It doesn't have to make sense. No one but you is gonna read this book. It doesn't have to be heavy. It can be funny. You can literally write down the thought like, oh my God, I saw this friend the other day and she really annoyed me because of this. And it gets out all those thoughts that we hold inside ourselves out onto paper. And it is really, it is really funny, but it's also really cleansing and really therapeutic in its own way because it starts to help give you clarity in terms of what's actually going on. And it's very private and it's the stuff that you can't say to anyone. And I think part of the other thing to kind of consider is that you don't need to put heavy judgment on yourself when it comes to seeking a therapist. Therapy is something that will only help your life if you want it. And if you feel like you need it, it's something that will only enrich your life. And it might take a little bit of shopping around as it were. There's lots of um, websites that you can go onto. Unhelpfully, I don't have those right now, but I'll put them in the, the notes at the bottom. And just take it one day at a time. The fact that maybe you're even considering having therapy, that's a step towards action. That's like contemplation. That's a step that you've thought, okay, I want some help here. And it's totally cool to ask for help. We all need help. Like as adults, half of us don't know what we're doing half the time. And especially if you've got children, you've got to try and pretend you know what you're doing whilst also bringing up a small human, whilst also trying to not lose your own identity. And sometimes therapy can just be a place where you vent um, all the frustration that you're feeling through um, your partner pissing you off, you know, whatever it might be, or the anger that's coming up and you can't really understand it or explain it. So sometimes trying to understand what creates those reactions to situations is also really helpful. 
I've found it hugely helpful and beneficial when it comes to rebuilding up self-esteem and confidence. And also, like I said, just sharing the stuff that you don't feel comfortable sharing with your friends or your family. Because sometimes things are really, really personal and people won't understand. We live in a society where there is a hell of a lot of judgment about certain choices and a therapist is there to not tell you whether you're right or wrong, but to help show you the way into the rest of your life. And I think for that, it, you deserve that. And, you know, and maybe you you might be listening to this thinking, God, I, I didn't, I don't need therapy. Like, cool, save this, bank this thought for if there's a time in your life when you do, you know, grief counselling, all that kind of stuff. Grief is a beast of its own. To be able to go and sob with someone if you've lost someone that you love dearly or you're going through a breakup or something like that to help you move forwards is amazing. Like... It, you know, yes, there's great value in crying your eyes out to sad songs on Spotify. But likewise, there's huge value in understanding why you've made certain decisions so that they don't happen again. That for me was also a really powerful kind of experience was to learn why certain things had happened in my life that I gave myself huge amounts of, um, what's the word, self-inflicted, deprecating thoughts and punishment and hate and all that kind of stuff. But to learn that actually there are other people responsible in the choices that we make and that those people are just as responsible to then be in a place where you're not going to make the same mistake again or to make the same decisions. And, you know, and whether it is just the fact that stuff's coming up after the most awful year that we've had potentially in our lives so far, this year has been really tricky. We've had to sit with lots and lots of things. Anyway, I feel very passionately about this subject. You can probably tell because um, I've just been talking nonstop. But yes, let's normalise therapy. And if you want to ask me about it, please do reach out. But I'm sending you lots of love. I've also set up a podcast, uh, a podcast, a um, Instagram page called How to Live a Sterling Life. So go follow me over there. And obviously Kate Sterling one on Instagram if you want to follow there but have an awesome week let me know what you think please rate review share all that kind of jazz enjoy the sunshine stay well and i will speak to you next week ciao